Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Acast recommends podcasts we love. Changemakers is a new podcast series with me, Claire McKenna, talking to people who stand up, speak out or challenge us to think a little differently. It's about the greater good, families and children, respecting their own individuality. In the next couple of years, like I hope I never have to have conversations about racism ever again. Like, I just want to get to the stage where, you know, people are just people. Nobody's pooling the resources together and actually being able to show how much of an impact it will make when people do come together. Changemakers with Claire McKenna. Search for it now wherever you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the world's best podcasts, including the David McWilliams podcast, I'm Grandmam, and the one you're listening to right now. Welcome to the Blood and Mud podcast, the podcast that spots a misplaced Starbucks cup in the middle of the re- weekend rugby. Hi, I'm <laughs> that Lee. doesn't get it digitally corrected. doesn't get it digitally corrected. I'm Lee, and over there is... I remain Josh. You can get in touch with this pod, you can get in touch with me at Blood and Mud, or Lee at bloodandmud.com, and what about you, Josh? Should people fancy doing any of that in your direction? Uh, well, they're welcome to at me at Josh Gardner or at Rugby Shirtwatch or indeed to have a look at RugbyShirtwatch.com if that is your want. Cool. I'll be honest, I'm, I'm sorry if I'm sounding a bit, I might be a bit gassy because I'm going to, I've eaten what I can only describe as a fuckload of tzatziki. <laughs> and you'd be very glad you're not too near to me, all of you, let me tell you. Um, what else? Have I'm glad you didn't do that before we had our over the table podcast. Well, exactly. Down yeah. the Skype pipe. Well, back down the Skype pipe yeah. after our little experiment of over the table. Well, we were yeah. just saying we kept talking too quietly because we forgot we were being recorded. Yes, which I mean, yeah, we basically we just basically turned the microphone on, having effectively just been chatting for the last twenty four hours, and I don't think we really twigged that professionalism some of you might be listening all the way as ever. All the way, absolutely. We are on Acast, we're on iTunes, we're on Pocket Casts, and all these other places where you fancy getting old of a podcast. We're also on Patreon. At patreon.com slash blood and mud. We're actually, I think May is will mark a year of us on Patreon. 
Really? Yeah. Wow. So thank you Time to everybody who got stuck in there and continues to get stuck in there. I know yeah. it sounds trite to constantly say we are very thankful, but it's because we are. So I don't know. We how, actually I don't genuinely know how, are. It's I don't know how mad. else to put it, really, quite honestly. Yeah. Um, it's lovely. Now, yeah. we've had new people come on this week, but a very special shout out, as usual, goes out to the people who've had a bit of a wander around the normal $2 bit. Yeah. You know, gone, or have no, had a look. No, 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 no. Dave yeah. Buckley has not even bothered with a $2 bit. He signed up oh. and just gone straight into the VIP lounge. He said, can straight you show me lounge. where the fucking proper entrance is, please? Because I'm not <laughs> going in there. Yeah, I only walked through velvet ropes. Thank you very much. Yeah. Whereas Matt Merritt has lurked a bit in the normal lounge, in the Alebrew mm. lounge, and he's just a bit too jealous of what's going on in the VIP area. So he's come in for some creme de menthe, some 90s chili vodka. Sausages on sticks. Sausages on sticks. Yeah. And stuck in a cabbage, all of that stuff. It's all happening yeah. there. So I mean, to be honest, I, I, that's what I'd do in that circumstance, you know? Yeah. So, I'd, I'd probably I'd be looking like, yeah, you know, shall I? And then I will. You take a dive. So thank you, Dave, and thank you, Matt. Indeed. For extra bit of voluntary support to us to keep us going. As I mentioned, I think I've mentioned, we the, the summer will be upon us soon, and we're already making plans. And we've got another history book coming up maybe. soon. And I did an yeah. interview with Squidge Rugby last week, which is available for patrons. And I'm doing an interview with Nick Heath next week. Oh, cool. Rugby commentator right. man. Who has just started his own podcast. He has. I listened to it at the Barry. If you've not listened to it, um, Q Commentator, it's called. Mm. And it's him interviewing other commentators. And his first one is with probably my favourite, Barry Davis. So Bloody Barry Davis. If yeah. you're into that, then get, get yourself all around that. Get that re- Rooney, as they might say, in Scotland. Might they? Yeah, but they I'll wouldn't say, you, they wouldn't you, say it I'll like that. No, um, I'll take you word for it. We begin as we always begin, by talking too long before we get to the player spotted. So let's... Um, <laughs> this is the player spotted where we ask people to send in mundane spottings of players. Is there anything interesting you want mm-hmm. to share with us? This week, Tom Gorman writes, I'm creeping into your DMs with a hot off the press player spotted, he says. Hold the phone. Having driven seven hours from Cornwall to the Bishop Stortford Travelodge, my wife, kids, and I, amazingly, his wife and kids haven't left him after, after taking him. The fact they're still there, you mean, you've, you've, you've already... They must love you very, very much, Tom, yeah, is yeah. what I'm saying. I used to go to Bishop Stortford to because when I was a union rep full-time, that's where our training college was, and it had an outdoor swimming pool. That was when unions were something, let me tell you. No, you don't need... An, like. I always feel like an outdoor swimming pool in Great Britain is just a fucking waste of time. It is in January when you're on an annual conference. Absolutely. It was heating. In... Oh, fair play then. Oh, see, now that's... I, mean, I reckon that's been that, well somebody, sold now. I was going to say, somebody would have easily used that as, a, as an argument for the excess of the unions, wouldn't they? Yeah. But, I walked uh, past the NUS's building. Or drove past it right in the middle of London. I thought, how the fuck mm. have you kept hold of that? <laughs> That's got to be sold soon. Anyway, back to the travel yes. lodge. So he's at Bishop's Store for Travel Lodge. <laughs> and our wife, union chat. kids, and yeah. I stop at the bar for a quick drink. I notice a large group of parents and kids from Old Northamptonians RFC. Mm. I would hazard a guess that the boys were about 12 to 13 years old, and the parents I spoke to seemed a good bunch. One of the dads then stepped out of the gents, casting a shadow over everyone around him. I turned Hello. around to see none other than Soani Tongoia. Ah. With a massive grin spread across his face. He did have a very kindly face when he smiled. He did have he? a lovely face. A very shiny, very egg-shaped, but lovely face. Lovely, warm face, yeah. 
He said, I'm not sure if he's still playing, but he looks like he can still handle himself. I think anybody who's that side looks like they can handle himself, don't they? Yeah, there's no, there's no well, You wouldn't way want to find you... out, would you? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's one, he's one of those people that it doesn't... Re- I'm sure he is very hard. doesn't matter if he's not. No. Because it, nobody's ever going to bother to find out. Yeah, you're going to need a lot of force to knock him over anyway. <laughs> so there you go. Thank you, Tom. I'm assuming you're at Bishop Stortford Travelodge because you were probably flying from Stansted. That's the only reason I can assume you were there. I mean, that's the only Please reason let us you know. Bring your, that's the only reason you'd bring your whole family, surely. <laughs> Yes. Oh, away this kid. Is it Disneyland, Dad? No. Nope. Bishop Stortford Travelodge. <laughs> There's a cinema, you know. Right then. Making a welcome return or not welcome, depending on who you are, before we start. You, you thought that we'd given up on this tired joke, yes. but... Is... Oh, no. Who's down the clubhouse? Oh, yes. It's back. back. A Jon Snow-esque resurrection. This is where we decide, we give a couple of names to each other to decide who we're going to sit next to down the clubhouse. Yes. There's quite a few characters. Let's add some more to the mix. Yes. Who's going first? Who's, uh, well, you I'll ask go me. first. Okay. Yeah, I'll go first then. Why not? Uh, my first one then is the Drunky Gibbon. Uh, he's 23-year-old, uh, fly half, uh, CAC Pants RFC. Uh, he's earned his nickname because... Like the uh, notoriously tailless primate, uh, he forms committed long-term attachments to a single person. But unlike a gibbon, uh, what he does is he gets drunk and then effectively sort of welds himself to one of his teammates all night, regardless of whether or not they enjoy his company or want to go to the toilet or, you know, just he's just a, he's a stage five clinger, you know? We've all known somebody like that. It's not yeah. appealing, I'll be honest. Who's yeah. next? Uh, and then your, your second option is uh, Lars von Weir. Now, <laughs> I think I know where this Lars, is going. Lars at every club, let's face it. Uh, and for the Singapore Slingers RFC, Lars is just the scourge of any away game. Uh, not 15 minutes after they'll have left the clubhouse, uh, he'll be going to the bus driver and saying, you know, can we stop at the services? Uh, having hydrated himself so excessively for the game that you'll basically need to spend a penny on average once every 27 minutes for the duration of the journey. Um, after piss stop number two, he's generally expected to go in a bottle because come the fuck on. But uh, his poor aim and, to be blunt, his above-average girth means that by the time the club arrives at his destination, uh, the bus is in need of a full, deep, clean valet. I mean, it's a desperate choice this week, I'll be honest. I mean, You've I've, been saving I've, I've up come, some real stinkers, in, haven't you? I've come in hard, I'm not going to lie. I think given the choice of somebody's pissing all the time is somebody who won't leave me alone. <laughs> I'll go for the one who won't leave me alone. I'm sure I could yeah. shake him at some yeah. point. Yeah. Uh, right then, right, your yeah. choices. You have a choice yes. between. I'll give you both names at the same time. Mm-hmm. Eddie Chacon okay. or Charles Pettigrew. They both play for Neo Soul RFC. Right, into it. Who do you fancy sitting next to? I mean, Charles Pettigrew sounds pretty good. Now, Charles Pettigrew does all the talking, usually. Okay. Black fella does all the talking. Yeah. Right. Eddie is mm. a more Latino fella. He doesn't right. say much, apart from going, oh, yeah, every now and again. <laughs> okay. All right. I mean, You know I why, like... don't you? Yeah, yeah. Because you are given the choice with who to sit next to out of Charles and Eddie, the one-hit wonder machine from the 1990s. I mean, even for you, that is a very deep pull. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm quite happy with going with Charles, to be honest, because I feel like 
Eddie would just give that would get a bit annoying, wouldn't it? He does, yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, he did in the chorus. See, yeah. Although of course, you know, to end this on not a very nice note, Charles Patrick who's actually dead. He died at thirty-seven uh-huh. of cancer. So no, that's, that's tragic. So there you go, so Charles. What you're saying Eddie. is, what you're saying is that I get a free seat next. You to get me a free night. seat, yeah. Although you might Brilliant. hear Eddie yeah. shouting, "Oh yeah!" from by the bandit every now and again. That's fine. I enjoy my own company. You know that. <laughs> yes. I think you were desperate to get shot at me last week. <laughs> I'm tired and I'm hungover. Please fuck off. No. We've all been there. No, I was I was definitely tired and hungover. Uh, yes. Right then. Let's, shall we do some news? Now we've had yeah, a seat. Yeah, news. There's a fucking lot of There's news. There's a lot of news. I don't, I think, Jeez, I'm not like sure we're going to get through it all. Yeah. Newsgasm. I like it. Yeah. I mean, shall we start with your headline news item for the day? Uh, no doubt. I feel like. You should. You should have London Irish have signed to Kopi Kepu. That one? No. <laughs> uh, I think you should have the privilege of saying this. James Haskell is retiring from rugby. That he is. Okay. Wonderful player. Raconteur. This is the problem, is it? He's going to be all over the. Uh, shall we? Shall we do some of his highlights? Yes. Uh, for example, this one, obviously. I, I can't say. I am the referee. I'm not the coach. You will find probably the solution with your coach, who has who has more ability than me to tell you what you have to do. The rule. Well, no, we just want to know what the rule was, what, what the exact rule is. If there's no rug, there, there, there is just a, an area around the tackle on yeah. the ground, yeah. making making an offside line, and that's it. two metres from the rug. One metres, one metres. So if we, if we might clear someone out and get him in, then it's a rug. No. But during the tackle, that's a tackle. Right. After. 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 What I love about that is that towards the end when he says, so if I pull somebody in, and Dylan Hartley goes, no. No. <laughs> Dylan Hartley actually goes, no. no. What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. So that's, of course, the famous what is a rug. Yeah. Um, I mean, well, I, 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 can ex- I can imagine what's coming next. And um, then, of course, there's the famous... He sprayed water in my face. Review it again. He sprayed water in my face James. and I reacted. And he choked me with the scrum cap. It's not allowed. <laughs> Come on, and he took me with the scrum cap. That's not allowed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, honestly. Armand, did you see what he just did? Hello, Valley, darling. What did he do? <laughs> he blew a bubble with his gum while I was singing. He can't do that while I'm singing. <laughs> yes, so there you go. Oh, oh James, how we'll miss you. Like, a lot of people describe the... his career as glittering. That's a bit of a stretch. I think he's well, had he's, a solid to be career. Fair, he's an all right His player. trophy cabinet is... You know, impressive. You've got to give it to him. He's got what three Six Nations titles, a Heineken Cup, three Premiership titles. Pretty fucking good, caps. Really. yeah. And he's you know he's he's been picked every year since fucking two thousand seven or whatever it is. Like he's the only England player to be picked every year in that time by various different coaches. I like. I always Haskell was an incredibly workmanlike, hardworking, unspectacular grafter of a player. And I that think that's perfect. why he gets picked a lot. Yeah, I think he's he I works know, incredibly hard. He's a kind of coach, uh, sorry, player that coaches like. Yeah, he works hard, and I don't think he complains much. And 
you know, it's Mark Wilson's basically replaced him in that that regard, hasn't he? He's now, you know, the hardworking, sort of unspectacular but does the job guy now, and that's that's fine. Every like you say, every team needs one, but yeah, I think I. It was always the problem with me was Haskell the player was substantially less annoying than Haskell the off-field person. And now yeah. we're just going to get mega that. It's going to be non-stop media. You have not it? seen the last of Jane. <laughs> it's, like, it's not like where Johnny Wilkinson effectively disappeared for a year. It's like and the trouble Haskell is in this, will in this go quietly into Twitter that good world. Night. There'll be thousands of clips of him yeah. doing funny things. Yeah. I can't stand it. And you're like going to get thing. sent every single one of them I about am, yeah. seven hundred times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so oh, I mean, it's easy for me to sit here and, and slag him off, but I'm not going to do that. You, fact, you've done that. For the I've last done that enough. Years. I've done that enough. Let him. Let me say. Even I can't yeah. say he's not a decent career. And also, he, he ploughed a furrow that not a lot of people do. He went to New Zealand. He, he, you can. He went to you France, can have a go at yeah. how successful that was. We went to France. He went to New Zealand. He went to Japan. Yeah. You know, he's done a lot of stuff that a lot of people don't do. I suppose he's. Journalists tend to like him because he's good copy for them. He's great copy. For, like, for, yeah. And from a journalist's point of view, you know, he... And then to be fair, to his credit, he never trotted out the fucking same old media-coached no. bullshit no. that 99% of players do. Unfortunately, what he did trot out was usually incredibly irritating and smug. But... Yeah, I mean, more power to him. He's he's had a, a long and successful career. He absolutely maximised every bit of his fucking talent. And, yeah, you know, people who call him in England great are fucking insane. But he, he genuinely is looked, a great... He was a very good player in his time. He looked time. something like a top, a top international flanker in 2016. I'll give him he that. Absolutely Beyond did. that, yeah. he hasn't at all. I mean, the fact he's got... It sounds ridiculous because <laughs> he's got loads of caps and stuff. But, you know, we, you do judge international players by a different standard, at least I do. And I'm not saying I'm... Can I be objective about him? Probably not. But I do think that, generally speaking, he was all, he was decent enough. He was a good... He was. It's like you said, he was a fucking workhorse. He was a sort of player coaches love. He was incredibly dedicated and... And always he, happy to be there, I think. Yeah, and just look... Yeah, like... And, and, and always, unfailingly, always regarded as somebody who's a good person to have around a squad and probably a good you know good value in the dressing room good squad morale all that sort of stuff and those things are important and I don't want to sort of sound like we're damning him with faint praise but like I think I do coming coming from us any kind of grudging respect and praise at this point is probably you know is, is as good as any glowing eulogy he's going to get from every other fucking outlet in the world today yeah right <laughs> so also, I feel like we unintentionally saved the podcast for tonight, just so that we could. Yes, you know, we were meant to do it last night, weren't we? And some stuff yeah, came yeah, yeah. up, so. And it's like we knew deep down that this is something that would require your. You know, you couldn't wait wait a week to talk about this. No. Let's be honest. We might have had to do a bonus. Spread water in my face. Review it again. Spread water in my face, James. and I reacted. And he choked me with the scum cap. It's not allowed. You're going to the bar. Come, Come on, mate. Joe. Come on, mate. Right. So ultimately, also never get over the using sending his dad to uh, fight oh. his battles for him thing. The fact that's that's my biggest mark problem. That card. Yeah, the fact that he's you know institutionalized telling his dad on people as part of his company structure. <laughs> I bet he wish Anybody. he could tell his dad about that. Dad, dad, dad. <laughs> he pulled on my scum cap. 
Uh, anyway, in, more news. In, in, in happier news, um, Paddy Jackson has signed for London Irish, which, uh, I mean, we're all bored. I mean, let's be honest, who doesn't, of... who doesn't want to sign a misogynist fuck bucket who also has a penchant for blacking up in chains yeah. for laughs? Yeah. Well, the thing is, like, I get it. The fact that he was acquitted of a crime, you know, doesn't mean that he was acquitted for the way that he behaved. And everything that he did before and quite a lot of it afterwards sort of demonstrate that he was not a very nice young man and it obviously cost him in terms of his Ulster contract and his international career. But I'm not saying he's irredeemable or that he doesn't deserve a chance to say to show that he's changed and he's you know still got a chance to earn a living doing what he's good at. But fuck me, Irish's announcement about it is so unbelievably tone-deaf. Like, mm. making reference to the fact that a player of this talent doesn't become available very often. It's like, why? Why is actually the fucking important thing here, guys? Mm. And, like, obviously, it's them trying to create a fucking hashtag for Jackson Arrives or whatever the fuck it is. That's just been universally co-opted by people going, yeah, he's a fucking shithouse. Which was inevitable. And, like, I get, like Jackson said after he was sacked, like basically that he was truly sorry and that he recognises that his behaviour had fallen short of the blah 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 etc. And it's understandable that he wants to put it behind him, but it was barely fucking eighteen months ago. Like yeah. I want to hear from Irish, and I think a lot of people want to hear from Irish that they understand concerns that fans might have about them signing a player like this, and to say that they're satisfied that Paddy's grown as a person, that he's taking steps. Like all we've got is like hearsay. If people are saying, "Oh, he's grown and moved on," we're like, "Fucking prove it." Fucking talk about it in public then. Yeah. Do an interview with someone. But no. Unlock your Twitter nothing. account. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, you know, any of these things that demonstrate that you've actually grown and changed as a person from the fucking horrible misogynistic dickhead that you demonstrated yourself to be 18 months ago. I've got no problem with believing that you can change because despite... Because people can. Appearances, yeah, despite all appearances to the contrary, I am occasionally an optimist. Hmm. But I want fucking proof that you have in some way. I want, you know, I don't just a passage of 18 months means that you fucking somehow transformed yourself by default because you lost your job because you were a twat. Like, yeah, it's, I think Irish have, have fucked that, to be honest, and they will probably be paying for it in booze and season tickets and various as other a, things. As a until wise, they hairy just... Italian man once said, Peace yes. and love. I just don't like cunts. <laughs> so therefore, I'm not going to be overjoyed about this. So, Oh, I miss Castro. I really do. <laughs> Why can't he be the one who has the successful media career after yes, this time? Indeed. Well, it looks like Marla's going to have one, and he's actually all right. He's good value. He's, he's, yeah, well, this is the, Joe Marla's a textbook example of somebody who has like, put himself out there and demonstrated that you know, not that his sort of behaviour was anywhere near as fucking not, bad as yes. Jackson. But I know what you Let's mean. Let's be yeah. honest. Yeah, yeah. But he's demonstrated that, you know, if somebody is given another chance and is prepared to sort of work on themselves, they can change. And, you know, I've, I've got a lot of time for Marla and I've got a lot of time for the change that he has visibly demonstrated over the last couple of years. And, you know, the honesty that he's dem you've shown about his struggles and all that sort of stuff is... is it's very disarming. You I know, didn't and... believe that Jackson was actually sorry. That's the top bomb. <clears throat> you, well, speaking for me, I didn't believe it really. 
So. Well, I didn't believe it when he started trying to sue people who'd called right. him a... Yeah. <laughs> that, that was well, let's kind not of go bad. back there. But let's not go back it's there. Shit, but it, was very, it was very different to the reaction that Stuart Olding had where he seemed to be genuinely very contrite and very... Yeah, and you could of... say it's a question of better public presentation, but actually I do think people can spot a bit of honesty when they see it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we'll see how this whole fucking mess shakes out over the next year or so. It, you know, I'm sure he, you know, he remains a very talented player for a newly promoted team. He's an excellent fucking signing on the pitch. But I think that Irish's, you know, battle to win fucking hearts and minds, particularly hearts and minds of Irish expats in uh, in London now that they've moved back there, it's not the fucking best way well, to start it. We shall it? see. I think they might yeah. not be as bothered as we think they'll be. Because as people mm. often point out, not everybody thinks like we do. It's very true. That so, is very... But you lot to listen to, and that's why we love you. So <laughs> speaking of seeing how things are going to pan out, <clears throat> oh. uh, Fallow has been found guilty of a high-level yes. breach of yes. not being a twat. Yes, but we still don't know what that's... Go- Honestly, though, Rugby Australia have demonstrated themselves in this whole shebang to be thick as shit. To not put any social media clause in a new fucking $4 million contract after what happened last year is fucking bananas. Like, see, I don't see it's... why it would have been that necessary, to be honest, because <clears throat> the the policies very clearly state you can't do this. Be a cunt. Yeah. You know, you can get sort of like technical about, ah, but you never said we shouldn't have done it on Facebook or whatever or, or Instagram. Well, that's clearly what they're now I mean, they could have like, I don't know, I'm not a contract lawyer, but I'm sure they could have <clears throat> double, double braced it, if you like, with that. But... It, it feels like, well, it feels like instead of like something that should have taken 10 minutes, which is, well, we put this clause which said you're not going to say anything inflammatory on social media in your contract now, uh, so fuck off, and that takes ten minutes. Instead, we've had a three-day fucking tribunal, and we still well, don't. They offered know. him a million not to go to the tribunal, but he wasn't having yeah, it, was he? Which says a lot about how financially problematic this kind of big bloody legal shenanigan is, because there was talk that if he he won, and he got the full value of his contract plus legal fees, that it would probably bankrupt Rugby Australia. I mean, there'll no. be an appeal now either way. He's obviously going oh, to appeal. Thing. This thing is not fucking over <laughs> but, uh, by a long shot. And that's shot. why they, they offered a million, because it makes large yeah. companies, it makes sense to large companies, because when he took the money, he, he would have to have signed to say, I won't sue you. Yeah. It's, but that's the thing. If they put the damn clause in his contract in January, then surely this will be done. But now it's like... I think they've probably got enough anyway, t- but it's a howling oversight, yeah. It's like, it's... They, he's going to take this all the way and he's going to cost Rugby Australia as much money as he possibly can. Because it's obviously so, God's will, isn't it? It was God's absolutely. will that he said what he said. Absolutely. He then said it was God's will he was sat because he lives for Jesus. It was then God's will that he lawyered up. It was then God's will he yeah. didn't take a million dollars. And I imagine now it's God's will yeah. that he, he, he doesn't appeal because that's obviously yeah. what living through Jesus Christ is all about. Yeah, it's, it's God's will to absolutely fight to try and get yourself out of something that you've done <laughs> right until the end. <laughs> But as you said, there's Instead an element of, of uh, I don't know, it's not Stockholm Syndrome, it's a wrong term, but actually they oh, think they'll be doing what, a, he probably does think he's doing what Jesus wants him to do. Yeah, and it's, it's you know, the victim complex thing plays incredibly well for him and all of this stuff, so he's going to make it as public and as long as he possibly can for as long as he can, and we're all going to be truly fucking bored of it by the end. So, having said that then, moving on, mm. uh, World Cup squads are coming out, there's been quite a few yes. over the last week, I'm not going to do all of them, but today... Scotland's come out. No Richie Gray and no Duncan Weir. 
Yeah. Duncan Weir can feel quite... I mean, I suppose Scotland are not short of a decent 10 or 2 at the moment. I think with... he was down in the pecking thinking anyway, wasn't he? But yeah. he has had a good season for Worcester. He's a very good season for but Worcester. But what are they going to do when they need somebody to come on as a blood replacement and wham a 70-yard spiral kick down the field? <laughs> Who are they going to turn to? That is the thing. You, all of the fly-offs they've got in their squad now are effectively fancy Talented. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, they're fancy dance. <laughs> And then, and as as Dan Bigger has demonstrated for Wales in the last four or five months, yes. Sometimes you just need a sensible person to come on and do sensible things. You're a sensible say what person you like. looks like a young Alan Sugar to come on <laughs> and do some kicking. Just looks like a sort of yeah, a, a strange sort of character sprite from a 1980s video game where he hasn't got any like top of his arms, but um, yeah, <laughs> Duncan Duncan Weir will come on and do that all the fucking live long day. And I wonder if Scotland might regret that with their three fancy Dan fly-offs. But, yeah. We shall find out. Uh, it's very Gregor, though, and it's on Brad. And to be honest, it's yeah. not well, inconsistent it's, with it's, what's it's, happened for the past I, 12 months, is it? So. It's entirely the, they're, they're, they're a squad made in his image. And it's I think Richie Gray missing out is, is quite harsh, to be honest. Like, is, I know is he's it had a fitness worry? Injuries. It seems weird they haven't brought him into the wider squad, though, doesn't it? Yeah, and especially given that Richie Gray is g- and he's playing well for Toulouse at the moment, mm. like, and Scotland are not fucking blessed with lots of good locks. Not heavy That's, lads, it, not big heavy lads. Yeah, can, uh... big fucking lads. And it's you know, how it's a long time it? to go though, isn't it? It is, and he could be in eventually. Part of it is he's probably the first fucking cab off the rank, to be honest, because and also Toulouse are right in the thick of it in the top fourteen. Thing, so. Don't forget, he's still got probably at least fourteen games in the top fourteen to play before before <laughs> well, the end of the season. The he is he is actually <laughs> he is got I think five, potentially five more games to play, and any fucking anything could happen then, to be honest. And also anything could happen from the Scotland squad point of view, so. Rory and there's nothing Hutchinson's that can't in. come in. Yes, quite the fucking meteoric rise there. Good for him. And so is Chris Harris. And I'm happy about that because I think the Rugby World Cup needs more professionals that look like tradesmen playing. Yeah. You've got the whole Georgia squad. Yep. And him. <laughs> and the Japanese can have him, them coming around to do a quote on plaster the chimney breast or something when he's, well, if, he's yeah. not, if he's not selected in the match day squad. That's saying. Any um, more news? Uh, well, the, probably the best news of the week, I would say, is that uh, Gavin Henson appears to have accepted the fact that he uh, is... Well, it's interesting. Gavin Henson was officially released by the Dragons last week. Um, and it was, So it would appear a bare minimum that his days as a top-flight player are over. Um, but... So he's decided to become a pub landlord, which is either a a stroke of genius or a truly spectacular. Do we know bad where idea. this pub is? We do indeed. He's bought the freeholds of the uh, Fox and Hounds pub in St Bride's Major, uh, which is not too far from where he grew up. Um, and yeah, he's he's in the process of. He bought it a couple of months ago. He's done his landlording license. So he's actually uh, planning to run it. He's not planning he's to, own planning it to run it. He's, he did in. his. He's completed his landlord license last week, um, and he's in the process of having the pub. It's a. It's a sort of old, 
historic pub that's been in this in the village for for many many years and he's in the process of totally refitting it and redoing it can and you imagine him out of mither he's going to get off the punters honestly really want to put him start? he's not really that talkative a bloke is he it's, I, I, but this is the thing with Gav. It's like I always feel like Gav feels like he has to force himself. This is why he did fucking Strictly and this telly career. Because deep down, even though he's an incredibly shy boy, I think he wants to be liked and he wants to sort of force himself to be with people and to be social in a way that he's not normally. And so I wonder if this is just his sort of long game of like, well, if I'm a pub landlord, I'm going to have to ch- chat to people and I'm going to have to sort of learn to have a bit of thicker skin about everything and I'm going to have to learn to blah 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 but it's a mad one isn't it like well, the amount of yeah, I mean, I quite the amount like of dribbling in his ear he's going to have off pissed bastards is going to be no. spectacular <laughs> it's, but it's like part of me hopes that even though he's you know if you become a fucking pub landlord you're not going to be playing professional rugby anytime soon but I would like to see him just go to fucking Bridgend or Swansea or someone and go. There were rumours he was off to Abervale, but obviously that's not transpired, is it? Mm. Well, I mean, that's the thing. Is the Premiership's going full semi-pro next season. So, like, he, you know, he can probably say, well, for whatever fucking boot money you want to cheer. If he still has any love to play the game of rugby, which, I mean, who knows if he does, to be honest, but it would be brilliant to see him fucking turn out for Swansea again, wouldn't it? In a sort of wonderful... Well, his hair dyed of- silver. With his hair dyed silver, it, you know, I'd I'd enjoy that, and I think I'd be just if he's nice, wouldn't it? And it's just a typical sort of him at twelve, Owl Thomas at ten, <laughs> beautiful, Gibbsy at thirteen, obviously probably could still do a job to be fair in the prime, <laughs> but like it's just a typically sort of left field move for a player who has just continuously confounded expectations he has done that, to career, be fair, hasn't he? And, yeah, fair play to him. It's either a brilliant idea or it's a genuinely fucking appalling idea. We shall see. Yeah, he really has going to have it. He's going to have a mixture of men wanting to tell him how brilliant he is all the time or how people were better than him. That'll be another one he'll get mm. a lot, I imagine. Or and there'll be loads, a, of women asking him, loads of women asking him to take his top off. That's basically what the... Yeah. That's going to be his life now. This is my yeah, life I'll... now, Gavin will be saying. <laughs> And also, there's going to be, you know, let's face it, Gav has a complicated relationship with drink as well. So, yeah. Is he still drinking? Maybe by. I fucking hope not. But <laughs> Never trust a drunk landlord. <laughs> Don't go in that pub. But maybe he's just thinking, well, if I'm on the other side of the bar, then that's going to stop me going down a dark path post-retirement which is well we can all go down that's the next pod out in obviously oh my god let's go to the fucking Fox and Hounds and some Bryce Major and get Gav on the pod (laughs) how fucking good would that be Uh, last bit of news then Uh, Bath have announced a new coaching lineup. well it's the last bit of news we're doing there's fucking loads of it out there but it's the last one we're doing Uh, the Bath have announced their coaching squad now Todd Blackadder (laughs) is off to Japan for reasons that we can't understand money um, and yeah and not wanting Leaving to the greatest there. league yeah. in the world. TM, yeah. Trademark. Anyway, they've appointed Stuart Hooper, which is news yeah. to nobody, and Neil Hatley. Mm. Um, as the forward and defence coach. Gervin Dempsey's going to continue to do the attack. Uh, yeah. Insert your own joke. The um, the Continue but... to do the attack. To be honest with you, the way Bath played on the weekend, if that's that, good. It's so, probably not going to be there. So they've got a very, very long... PR statement they've put out. But the interesting thing, my favourite line in it, which, because of it's, you know, it's an entire sentence that is just, well, let me read it to you. 
Hooper's appointment follows a clear process of thought and consideration by Bath Rugby, a process which mm. affirmed the view that he's the right person to lead the club into the future. A clear process of thought and consideration leading to affirmation. They've over-elaborated that, haven't they, a little bit? I mean, what they've basically said there is, so we had this thing that we thought, and so what we've done is thought about it and decided that, yeah, we're right. Yes. The end. After a clear process of thought and consideration by me, I'm going to go for a shit. <laughs> I'm going to start using that in common, common part. After a clear it's process of thought weird, and consideration by me, I'm going to bed now. Yeah. It's, Not right now, obviously. That would be weird. But uh, It's just the awful fucking... Oh, I fucking hate it. I really, really fucking hate it. Like, that absolutely silly... Over the top, like just say, just say your words like a normal person. How hard is it for like organisations to do that? Why does it all have to be fucking management bollocks? Hartley's work to build the club's defensive game will be aligned with the attributes and expertise of Dempsey, a true scholar of the game with an exceptional attacking mind. Dempsey will continue to drive the growth of Bath's attacking game in order to achieve the type of success that Dempsey and Hartley have both enjoyed with Leinster and England. Dempsey and Hatley yeah. sounds like a pod section waiting to happen. <laughs> yeah. Dempsey True still colour of the game. Deceased. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and Luke Chartres is going to embark on a new career as a specialist line-out coach. Which, I mean, is if there's one thing that he is absolutely brilliantly seated to, aside from reaching things off tall shelves. Um, but will he be able to coach it, though? Been, just throw well, the ball the a bit high. Why can't you? Re- why can't you reach yeah. that ball? Because I'm not seven foot tall like you, Luke. Yeah. All you've got to do is use your telescopic arms to reach all the way to the back of the mall. I haven't got telescopic <laughs> arms like you, Luke. For How many sake. times you have to be told? I am not a circus freak. <laughs> uh, Enough news. But... Moving on. Bank of Ireland is looking out for your financial well-being. They want to help protect you from fraud. So whether it's Black Friday, Cyber Monday, or even just plain old Tuesday, be careful online. Don't assume that every text message or email you get claiming to be from a bank, a delivery service, or any company is legit. And remember, Bank of Ireland will never send you a text message or an email with a link asking for your full 365 PIN number or one-time passcodes. So don't give them out. Search Bank of Ireland Security. And together, this Christmas, we won't let the fraudsters win. Begin. Bank of Ireland is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Acast recommends podcasts we love. Changemakers is a new podcast series with me, Claire McKenna, talking to people who stand up, speak out, or challenge us to think a little differently. It's about the greater good, families and children, respecting their own individuality. In the next couple of years, like I hope I never have to have conversations about racism ever again. Like, I just want to get to the stage where, you know, people are just people. Nobody's pooling the resources together and actually being able to show how much of an impact it will make when people do come together. Changemakers with Claire McKenna. Search for it now wherever you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the world's best podcasts, including the David McWilliams podcast, I'm Grandmam, and the one you're listening to right now. Yes. The weekend. 
How many minutes are we into this podcast? 36 minutes, everyone. There it is. A the weekend. Uh, what did I learn from the weekend? Benetton fucked that. That's what I learned from the weekend. And they were fucking robbed. Both, both things can be true. <laughs> oh, think. yeah, absolutely. absolutely... But like, even with that, knows? they had enough or should have done. Yeah, they should have done. But like, who knows if this season is going to be like the flash in the pan or if this is the start of something for Treviso. But fuck me, if it's the latter... They they're not going to forgive Nigel anytime soon, are they? I mean, there were moments, but like, fuck me, that CJ Stander penalty. Despite committing at least two different penalties in the course of trying to jackal that ball, like, I don't, I just don't understand People how Nigel. People say, don't they? Oh, you know, but these, you know, you see those not given all the time, or or the penalty given for it all the time, and that just went their way. And I I sort of said, but if you look at where his feet are, and if you look at where his bum is. And you look at where he's back. You try and do that without falling over, basically. Yeah. So basically, he's, he's obviously not supporting gravity. his weight. He's lying on someone who's using his arms. And people say, oh, it's difficult, it's difficult. I always, for me, I equate it, especially things like that, where look at where their feet are, like they do in the scrum, but yeah, look at where their feet are and make a decision. Because, And if you think about um, LBW in cricket, mm. like something like when they did the stats, something like 95% of LBW decisions are right. Mm. And they've got Hawkeye now just to really check it. Yeah. But if you think about what a cricket umpire has to do, they have to look at it and go, right, where did the ball bounce? What was the line of the ball? Where was his foot? Where yeah. was he stood in relation to the wickets? How far forward was he? Right, I'm going to give it out or not. Yeah. And they stand there and they think, right, let me just draw that picture in my mind again. That happened, that happened, that happened, right, out or not. Mm. I don't understand how it's unreasonable to say to a ref, just stop for a minute and just have a look at what's happening there. Yeah. And, and ask also, yourself that like- question. When you just look at that body shape, like if you see somebody in that body shape, there's no fucking way they're supporting them. Like when your fucking knees are 12 inches in front of your toes and your back is at a 45 degree fucking angle, unless you've got literally got steel rods rammed up your fucking jacksie, you're not supporting your own body weight there. It's just not possible. There are some freakish people who can assume a position where they spread the legs quite wide. Yeah, Warburton could do it. I played with a guy who could yeah. do it. It was remarkable. Yeah, there's a difference between that where you've got a huge base, you know, like you say, you, you have your legs effectively doing as near a damn it the splits. Or like horseshoe stance can... as they would have in martial arts. Yeah. The kind of, sorry, the horse yeah. stance in martial arts and stuff. Mm. Yeah. And you get people, you know, you do get people who have, you know, your, uh, James Davis is a good example mm. or Steph Armitage, you know, who've just got a very low centre of gravity. CJ Stander is none of those things. No. And usually, He's, crucially, when they're doing it, they're bums over their heels. Yeah. Or near yeah, enough to it. That's the thing. That's the thing. His toes were a good two feet behind his legs, by his hips. You know, it's like, it made sort of nonsense, the inexcusable nonsense that makes all the sort of TMO bullshit even more galling. It's like, you'll go back 12 fucking phases to look for a possible knock-on in a try. But you're not allowed to check if a game-deciding penalty that you just awarded is one of the most bafflingly bad decisions of the season. Like, mm. why is somebody like Nige not allowed to go, I just awarded that as a penalty. Can we just check that? And, and to be honest, if that happens all the he time... Should, you shouldn't get it wrong. I, I, but, don't th- I come back to my LB point, you know, that... that Cricket umpires are trained to wait and just play the take-through in their head again. 
mm. and then go actually no probably not no actually lying on you know and that's I don't see I'm, you know I've never ref a top level game I'm not saying that but I don't think I don't see how it's it, that would be so difficult to do it doesn't it seems like refs are decide are sort of coached to make the decision a split second and not allow the play to go on in any way unless it's a knock on um, they have to go back unless, 77 phases well yeah but this is the game, like, I mean, to be honest with you, Nigel, a f- an, another fucking howler of a game, to be honest. This is a game where he needed the TMO to intervene because he's awarded a pen 10 metres away from where it actually occurred. <laughs> and the TMO to go, Nigel, Nigel. <laughs> and then he had the br- Nigel had the brass neck to have a go at his assistants for not telling him that, switch on, switch on. It's like, Nigel, you just awarded a pen 10 metres away from where it was and you turned what shouldn't have been a kickable penalty into a kickable penalty. And if not for your TMO, you'd have probably given Munster three points there. Like, but there's, like, the other thing that sort of absolutely boiled my piss about that decision in particular is, like, these things all have consequences. Like, is it any wonder that, like, we're having all these fucking illegal, dangerous clearouts that are, like, this blight on the modern game? Like, if you're telling me that, like, an attacking team that knows the defender's likely to get away with absolute fucking murder if they're given any time on the ball, well, then, of course, they're going to be flying in there any which way they can to get them off the ball because they know that the second that there's any kind of hands on the ball with feet even slightly appearing to be, you know, elevated, it's probably a penalty the other way. And, like, but rather than penalise one or the other, which they should do, Refs are just doing neither. As, actually, um, I have the research to prove it now, because there was that independent... Did you see that independent study that came out this week? I didn't, know. And let's face it, the most interesting studies uh, are the unauthorised ones, which uh, <laughs> this one carried out by um, what is it, Wilbur Crack, which is a brilliant, brilliant fucking name. Clubhouse right? name. Um, from Stellenbosch University. Uh, he basically got his team to look at every single ruck from last year's Super Rugby season um, and with the help of a test referee uh, basically looked at every single ruck and went, is there a penalty happening here? And is it being awarded? Now, as a as a ballpark figure, what would you say the percentage of illegal clearouts were missed by refs? It's going to be high, isn't it? 75%? Higher. Oh, here we go. 85%? <laughs> Higher. <laughs> 95%. of all illegal clearouts were missed by test by by super rugby referees last season. Like what sport are we dealing with when refs are barely catching 7% of what they should catch for a specific and dangerous event? That's there's 16 of those a game by Mind the way. Mind you that was the test referee that's not named John Lacey. If so I don't I don't <laughs> no, trust these stats all, at all. It was all very quiet. But um basically the stat also found that refs become significantly less likely to call a dangerous clear out towards the end of the game. So mm, allowing for the, fatigue and all that. Basically, yeah. So they they're giving players the chance the the freedom to fly in willy nilly because they reckon they're just knackered towards the end of games. It's like ninety three percent of and it's ninety percent of flying shoulder charges were being missed. Uh, in clear out into rucks, so rucks that let, they they sort of broke it down into each type of dangerous clear out, and they were still missing ninety percent of people flying in shoulder first into rucks. The fact is, is that if you're supporting your own body weight and bending over for a ball, you're actually in a very mm. weak position. You can actually be pushed so. off very easily. 
Yeah. Because you're on your kind of acorns, aren't you? So mm. you can actually go over it. So they wouldn't need to clear you out like a bazooka. Yeah. If you're the actually, reality, but yes. because they're not, they're having, they're coming in and having to, like, trying to lift a man off the floor is what they're trying to do, yeah. basically. Yeah, and and you know, part of it is, as you said, the Warburton-esque, uh, Pocock-esque kind of doing the splits thing gives you a strong. But then that's still a relatively weak position. If doing the splits, yeah. you're very easy to push over. Like, yeah. and either you've got the ball in your hand then, and you've won the turnover, happy days, or you didn't have the ball in the first place. But as you say, because it's, it's, it's this sort of domino effect of things that's making rugby so much more fucking dangerous and so much more annoying. And At a time just, when everybody thinks it's not. That's the interesting yeah, thing, isn't it? It's, it's very interesting. But yeah, so that, that whole fucking sketch just... I appreciate that Treviso absolutely fucked it. But at the same time, they're... they're they're well within their rights to feel very aggrieved as well. They are, but drop two catchable offloads, very catchable offloads. Terrible, terrible composure near the line. Oh, at the end as well. Giving up 10 metres because of being a bell end, yeah. kicking the ball away. Oh, dreadful And, stuff. I mean, I, I, well, I said, this was in shit later, but I'll say it now. I, they, even, their I, drop goal settled. Honestly. Honest yeah. to God. Like, And when did you ever think you'd live in a world going where you'd be going... Why, why have you taken Tommy Allen off? <laughs> In what other world would you be saying things like that? Yeah, Treviso looked like they couldn't have constructed like a workable drop goal opportunity if they'd actually erected like a Battle of Winterfell-esque flaming pit of spikes around the ruck. Like, it was just... It was fucking awful. And what was Tobaldi doing when he came? I said, what are you doing? Oh, shit, isn't he? How on earth that man and was And he's one of the most his... amazing players who looks... At first glance, you think, oh, he looks quite handy because he's busy and stuff, isn't he? Yeah. And then if you just watch for another 40 seconds, you kind of go, He'll do something God, dreadful. he is fucking <laughs> awful. Usually it's however long it takes him to kick the ball. And it's like, <laughs> or try and work you into a sensible field position. It's yeah, like, yeah. Forget about Honestly, it. Honestly, yeah. abysmal stuff. Genuinely, having appalled. said that, what a season it's been for them, yeah. So they, it's easy to be, but be. I think the thing, I mean, credit to Munster in some ways because they keep winning yeah. games they shouldn't do, really. Indeed, the other thing he, I learned as well is that Ulster and Munster are not very, I mean, they're both through to the semis now, aren't they? But they're not, I mean, yeah. they're, they're not good teams. They're, I mean, fundamentally, they have problems. I mean, it sounds ridiculous well, to say that about Munster, they got to European semi final for fuck's sake, yeah. But, but you know, Munster's... fundamentally, they are they are unsound. Yeah, well, it says a lot that Jerry Flannery and Felix Jones are being fucked off at the end of the season, um, as was revealed today. I thought they'd refused a new contract. Well, whatever's happening, they're they're departing. They're departing the province at the end of the season. Apparently, Rob Howley's in the frame to become the new Munster backs coach, which is Amazing. fucking unbelievable. Um, but. Which is weird because Robin McBride's gone to be Leinster's forwards coach, so it's like everyone who was involved with the Warren Gatland regime is somehow going to end up working for an Irish province <laughs> instead of a Welsh region like surely they fucking should be if the pathway was working. But uh, yeah, so it, yeah, Munster's attacking game is not good and hasn't been good this no, season. No, that was also, I mean, it was a nice occasion for Ulster to win and to give... Um... Uh, Rory Best to send off and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, indeed. You know, yeah. You can, and, you, and he seems like a lovely bloke, Rory Best, and a very good pro. And it's, you know, yeah. you couldn't wish it better for anybody, really. 
Good for him. What about you from the weekend that you haven't already spouted off about? Uh, I mean, it was one of those weekends, wasn't it, really? We had, you know, a couple of Pro 14 games. Newcastle going down at last. I mean, They never look like inevitable. staying up, have they? For the they past, never... like, month. Well, it should be, I think, to be honest with you, them going down should be a real fucking warning for everybody else in the Prem because from finishing fourth and making the playoffs to getting relegated in 12 months is, I mean, it's horrible for Newcastle fans and fans of rugby in the mm. in the northeast, but it should be pretty instructive for everybody else in the Premiership too because they, you know, Newcastle bought in players this season. They didn't fucking, you know, they brought in John Hardy. I blame Tony from Toby Flood. I blame Toby Flood as well, but just because I've been, blaming Toby, I've been blaming Tony Toby Flood since 2007. Tony Flood. Tony Flood. He's a club singer. Ladies and gentlemen, Tony Flood. Tony Flood has a little goatee and a moustache and uh, occasionally turns out for England, looks quite good and then disappears. Um, yeah, you know, they signed John Hardy, they signed Bula Pola, Rodney R.U. And in spite of that, it wasn't nearly enough when teams like Bristol and Worcester were basically just fucking spunking huge amounts of money up the wall and they had a bad start to the season and they never got over it. You know, they, they yeah, weren't and, and games they were wit- they were, of the season. Do you remember when they went away to Bath and like won by two points last year, yeah, last season? Yeah, Those, yeah. These things just weren't happening, were they? Yeah, it's difficult to kind of... Ham- away and yeah, things like it's that. difficult to have a game plan like that, isn't it? Well, it's difficult to base your season on a success like that. Interestingly, the last playoff spot now is a battle between Quinns and Saints. Yes. Now, if you look at their seasons last year, Quinns have won four more games than they did last year, and Saints have won three more than last mm. year. That performance last year would have had them in sixth and seventh. Even more interestingly, they would have been behind Newcastle and Leicester as well. <laughs> Last year. It's been a, it's been a very bad year for everyone except for Exeter and Saracens. For democracy, really. Josh. And, it's been a very bad Gloucester. year for democracy. Yeah, yeah it's been a bad year for democracy. <laughs> um, and I suppose Gloucester as well have had a good season. But aside from that top three, everybody else has been fucking rubbish. Let's not beat around the bush. Yeah, like, like I was saying, the, the fourth place team have yeah. done a little bit better than they did last year. And it yeah. would have put them in seventh last year. Yeah. There's not and been much to beat. You know, he's won exactly the same number of games as last year. Exactly the same. Worcester. Nope. <sighs> Wasps. No. Sale. Of course they have. Of course it's fucking Because sale. improvement does not happen. <laughs> no. No matter how much money, how many international wingers you buy. No. Nope. Still, just exactly Best the same. Best scrum half in the world, my ass. <laughs> he says, like... But it's really interesting, this whole... When you look at how much money it's cost Bristol to stay, just to fucking stay up this season, mm. you know. When, between the playing budget, the coaching budget, the facilities they've got there, Lansdowne's probably dropped something in the region of 15 million quid this season, if not more. And if you're not backed by a billionaire, that's just not sustainable. Like, and, you, you know, people talk have talked a lot of talk about ring fencing and how the relegation battle makes it much more interesting, blah, blah, blah. Well, it did until yeah. about a month ago. There was a crushing inevitability about it again. Yeah, and also, Newcastle are way too fucking good for the championship. They'll yeah, go this down is the problem, isn't fuck, it? Yeah. They'll go down and they will fucking dick that league. And the reality is that there's 13 teams who are capable of sustaining premiership level rugby going forward and pretending otherwise is just going to put more clubs, players and coaches, you know, in financial peril because if they expand it to 
14 teams, say. Who's the fucking 14th there? Ealing, probably, but it's a sugar daddy yeah. job, isn't it? It's a sugar daddy job. He, he fucks off, and then we've got a fucking London Welsh situation again. You know, it's... And also, that's asking the current fucking 13 Premiership rugby team to share some of their toys, which I don't think is going to happen either. And if you get promoted and you're not a Bristol... Yeah. You know, you're going to... I mean, look at London Welsh, you know what I mean? Yeah. If you, or, or look at, uh, you know, what's happened with fucking Leeds. You know, mm. Leeds were... A decent team, you know. It's Stuart Lancaster played for Leeds. Yeah, it's, it's don't I know it? He bloody loved Leeds. That guy. Maybe <laughs> go to a fucking kit. Maybe go to a fucking England kit launch there once for absolutely no reason. No, um, the reason was is because he's a real <laughs> Northern man, and yeah, that was and the kind of character to... he was fucking bringing in. And also After all that, you don't run. do any fucking dwarf tossing in Cumbria, son. <laughs> it doesn't happen. I, and also, it was a much shorter commute to him from his house. Does that uh, as well? Than that it was. As well. <laughs> it's a fucking long commute for me that day, Stuart. Never Thing is, Josh, me. my hips are knackered from doing the northern man stance so often. <laughs> so basically, I can't walk too far. So I do it in my back uh, garden. Uh, um, he keeps yeah, turning down so, job offers, apparently, Stuart Lancaster, because he, he loves it at Leinster so much. He just loves it at Leinster. And a fair play to him. If he can get on a plane. And Leeds Bradford Airport, he, all the way across. Leeds Bradford Airport, be in Dublin in half an hour. And yeah, that's what, because apparently they offered him the Ospreys job. Points at some young men in his northern man stand. Good work, yeah. that lad. That's yeah. good, that is. You're a cracking lad, you. I'm going there's back no, home now. See you tomorrow, lads. There's no, there's no flights from fucking Leeds Bradford to Swansea. There's no flights to Swansea, full stop. <laughs> Have you seen that fucking airport? I didn't even know it had an airport. That's. Do you remember when the Osprey's very first main sponsor was Air Wales, which was an incredibly short-lived and ill-fated... I remember uh, Air Wales was the one the Assembly paid for, the flight between yes. Valley and Anglesey, and... Yes. Was that Swansea? And I thought also, it went from Cardiff. There was a, I think there was a Swansea to Cardiff. Well, it, it, was, was a, it was a complete yeah. loss-maker and was paid for just to ferry Welsh Assembly government employees to yes, meetings, wasn't basically. it? basically. Basically, it was like, look, you can commute from Swansea. They, they flew from Swansea, I've Googled it, from Cork, <laughs> Dublin, London City, Amsterdam, Jersey, and Cardiff from Swansea. Swansea Airport is literally like the sort of thing that they would launch Spitfires out of in the Second World War. It's the sort of it, thing that they send three million passengers to a Greek island on, yeah. even now. <laughs> Initially, they were based at fucking Pembrey Airport, which is even shitter and smaller but Amazing. yeah. Anyway, enough enough air Wales. When I chat. when I worked for a county council in Wales, mm. it, it became duriger that every meeting had to be in Clandrindod Wells because it's equally inconvenient for everybody. <laughs> it's right in the middle of the country, and this little microeconomy built up of like you know those old office spaces being converted into meeting rooms and stuff. Oh but yeah. It was all just like Welsh assembly stuff with government with uh, local government. Christ. Anyway, honestly. What's wrong with people? So where were we? Yeah, so what were we talking about then when we got on down that road? I th- we were talking about Stuart Lancaster. and Played for Leeds. That Leeds. was it. Yeah, sorry, Leeds. I'm back there in the room. We we're back, back in the room. So yeah, the championship's a bad idea. Well, it's not a bad idea. Let it well, run. Let people watch it. But... Yeah, and stop trying to fucking make one team a year either slum it in the championship and beat everybody to render the league pointless and uncompetitive or try to force a team from in the championship to spunk 15 million quid in the vain hope of fucking staying up. 
Mm. It's just not fucking... It's it does, not yes. There's a, there's a point at which you have to live in the now and recognise the world that's around you. Yes, indeed. Do you want to be right or do you want to be effective? As somebody once said to me. <laughs> indeed. And I went, well, I want to be right, clearly. Obviously. Way more. <laughs> what is wrong with you? It's called having integrity, son. No, it's... No, it made me think quite long and hard about the nonsense I was spouting. Anyway, so <laughs> that was the weekend. Anything else? Um, it's kind of it, wasn't it? Really? I mean, it was a bit of a everything's kind of weekend. done and dusted now, isn't it? I said a fourth yeah. place playoff battle is the next thing. Yeah, I mean, Bath had a good game. They came back very well. They yeah. finally played like a Todd Blackadder team. And those should. two, One those game two games fucks just, off. just summed up Bath completely, didn't they? Yeah. They've the gone from a 6 3 to a fucking Harlem Globetrotters esque. Well, it's like, why why haven't you. If you played like that every week, Todd Blackadder would never leave and you'd have won the Premiership by now. But you don't. And it's it must drive him so fucking mad. He's but you know why they've done well with that? Why? Because Gervin Dempsey's a true scholar of the game with an exceptional <laughs> attacking got a, mind. He has got an exceptional and attacking he's mind. He's going to continue to drive the growth of Bath's attacking game in order to achieve the type of success. That both have enjoyed, that he's enjoyed with Leinster. Apparently. Indeed. You know how, like, you know how Leo Cullen, and, and obviously he's ended up being Fight a very good coach. He's on the telly. I know yeah. Leo Cullen does that. <laughs> you just, when he was appointed, he just had the look of a singularly unimpressive man. And he's proved us all wrong in that regard. Hmm. Stuart Hooper, mega that. He looks <laughs> like. Yes. Like. You just look at him and you just think, you do not inspire anything at all in me. And yet the way they talk about him, it's he's like, like he's, he's a, he's a combination of a Nairn Bevin and Winston Churchill in one man, basically. <laughs> yeah, he's basically Clive Woodward without the management, or with the management speak, <laughs> judging knows. by that fucking press release. He definitely, I reckon he definitely gives good PowerPoint or something, doesn't he? There's something, he there's something he in there to. that... And he's a great servant to the club and everything. I'm sure he's a nice yeah, bloke, yeah, but, but the way they speak about him, man, it's like he's mad. It's like you; these things do not. This does not scan here. Yeah. What you're talking about here is basically just, you know, the rugby equivalent of Leonardo DiCaprio and Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> and what I'm getting is somebody who looks like he works for a sort of mid-level management company with a 1990s haircut. I need to get some renovation done in my uh, dining room. I think I might send for Stuart Hooper because he can do absolutely everything. <laughs> Apparently so, yeah. That's good. Send for Stuart Hooper. Somebody send the bat, the Hooper sign into the sky. See if he comes. <laughs> uh, right, so... He's got a featureless face, hasn't he? That's what it is. <laughs> He's just got a face that looks like it's just been moulded out of silly putty. And he also is, always is... looks slightly too thin to be a top-level lock. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Slide, just yeah, a little though, bit too thin. Even, even though he demonstrably wasn't, he was a big lad. And, you yeah. know, he was... Luke Charters like, looked, you know, a little bit too thin, but he was certainly oh yeah, freak size, Charteris, so he was all right. Yeah, Luke, Luke Charters looks like a giraffe. He brought other he, strengths. And, and he had to be to support... Luke Charters looked like a lot of broom animals break. tied together and thrown down yeah. some stairs. Yeah. Anyway. Where were we? Right, so that's the weekend. That'll do. Shit good, shall we? Yeah, fuck me. We're uh, rattling through shit. it. Shit, we're... right? Yeah. Touch judge asking for a review of a Teresa try. <laughs> Loads of people Peter have mentioned Omani this. Asked for it. <laughs> Honestly. Come <laughs> fuck on that. <laughs> Just get your... Get... I, mean, to be, I mean, Nigel, we've had a go at Nigel, but Nigel was like, what? 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 Why are you asking for this? Have you seen a knock-on? Yeah. Uh, no, no. no. Um, uh, well, Peter no. was just asking that we should check. <laughs> just asking. 
It's like, I get it. Captains are allowed to just like talk to officials. Well, tell him to fuck man- off then. Managing, managing like a ref and is part of the job, but you don't just request a TMO because a player asked for it. What the fuck is wrong with you? Say shut up and get back yes. on, get on with it. Yeah, and stop like, calling him Peter like he's your fucking favourite cousin that you've not you've just turned up at a wedding or something. I do really hate. Like I get it. All these players spend enough time with these refs and they see them enough that they're on first name basis. But I fucking hate it when I hear a ref call yes. a player by his first name. So do I. I'm old yeah. school in this Surname. regard. Surnames all the way. Surname or number. Or number. Not interested yeah. five. Or get eight. back. Yeah. Yeah, if if anything, yeah, no names at all, just fucking numbers. In fact, just insults. Yeah, not interested. Shit face, right. get back. Yeah, <laughs> what's it got to do with you, fuck bucket? Out the way. Well, roll away, prick. <laughs> <laughs> Take your hands off it, you awful bastard. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that would make getting one of those ref talk things at games Amazing. much entertaining. Brilliant. You get like two different ones. It's like a tenner for the sweary one. And five okay. quid for the normal I'd one. Pay, I'd pay that time. Oh, absolutely. Sweary ref is the way forward. <laughs> but it was, yeah, it was absolutely ridiculous. One of the most stupid things in in a game. I kind that of felt sorry for the guy because it was like he was trying to impress like the big lad out of fifth form. It really was, wasn't, wasn't it? it? Oh, he'll like me if I do this. If I do this, he'll probably be my friend. You know, it's kind of, in fact, it, and he seemed quite young and, and startled by the whole thing. Was it? Was his name Dan? Just, Dan something. Because Nigel was like, why are you asking, Dan? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, Nigel did not have a good game, but in that moment... That was like, that's was, why we're going to miss was, him. That, that was, was perfect, Nigel. It's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Do you not remember? Like, say what you like about Nigel. He will never let anybody forget who is in charge of the game. <laughs> no, and he will not Nigel know. seemed genuinely and properly affronted that, like... He can't, it's, yeah, it's just mad, isn't it? People have said that when I tweeted this, I tweeted somebody saying that's fucking ridiculous. And somebody said, what's the captain's not allowed to ask questions of the ref anymore? It's like, well, no, not when it's 40 metres away. He's not even looking at it. And he's not even asking the fucking ref anyway. No. All of it was wrong. It's just funny, isn't it? It's just funny. What have I got this shit? Uh, Connor Murray. Again. Yeah. Yeah, he needs to get himself out of this funk by October, doesn't he? Uh, Ireland desperately, desperately need something good to come of that. Like, I don't know how you play yourself back into form when you've got like it's a, a long couple time of games. to go. Actually, getting, like, getting away from your club and just getting some training time in is probably yeah, that's probably not a bad thing, isn't it? It's, it's the same sort of gamble that Wales are currently playing with Tolupe Falatau in that just basically like he hasn't touched a fucking rugby ball in anger for any length of time since basically a September, and they're just going, well, it's Falatau, he'll be fine, won't he? <laughs> and you know and what? They... They're probably right. They're <laughs> probably right. Yeah. I reckon he could walk in from a broken leg the day after and just play exactly the same as he did before. Absolutely. He absolutely could, let's be honest. Any more shit from uh, you? Yeah. Um, I, I, we've already talked about the noble art of the drop girl being oh. fucking... No, but that stupid. second one in particular. It was a fucking obscene thing. It really was. Um, in addition to that, uh, it could be a standing item, but the Pro 14's governance... Namely, yeah. Now the, I've the I've honest, you'd have to explain this to me because Omni shambles. There's there's a there's the latest update on the NASA level arithmetic that's required to work out who's playing so, the yeah. game of rugby. Yeah. 
basically the, the 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 fucking the the bones of this thing is we still don't know when the Champions Cup playoff game will take place, who is going to be in it, uh, and we don't know any of the permutations for it. Like, I get it. There's, they've got to think about who wins the Champions Cup, who wins the top 14, blah, 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 blah. But they're literally, we don't know. It's either going to be Osprey Scarlets in a couple of weeks or it's possibly going to be Blues Scarlets after the end of the top 14 season or something like I don't even know. But like... Or it's going to be <laughs> Professor Plum <laughs> in yeah, the library. I, I, I very nearly won't clue myself. <laughs> uh, like, honestly, it's just the silliness of it because it's like just give it to the fuck. Like if you what what should happen here in a sensible teams world, in a sensible leagues world, is they'll go. Oh, we've got seven slots, right? So what happens is we'll give the seventh slot to the team that hasn't got into the playoffs that has the most points out of the two leagues. You know, the team that's got the most points in the table. Can't Perfectly rational. Yeah. yeah. And then if we get an extra slot, we'll just give it to the next team that's got the most points in either conference. It's, like, how hard is that? How hard would that have been? It's just so bush. Well, like, once literally... again, in another situation, Josh, where we must ask ourselves the question, why are we not in these meetings? <laughs> there's a, there's <laughs> probably at least three times a week I find myself asking <laughs> asking myself that very question. Yeah. 80, 80% of Wales's World Cup squad now doesn't know if they can go on a nice little mini break and have a little relax before the fucking World Cup starts. Or if they've got to stay in fucking peak match fitness because they might have an incredibly important game like playing in either the two top weeks, fourteen man. Well, in either two weeks, four weeks, or not at all. <laughs> like the Blues have no like the Osprey, like the Scarlets are the only team that know that they will have a game in some way, shape, or form. Because they'll either be playing the Blues or they'll be playing the Ospreys. The Ospreys don't know if they've just basically done. Or the Blues don't know if they're basically done. And it's just fucking mental stuff. It doesn't make any sense at all. I know Edinburgh Rugby Centre's this through as well. And, mm. I, and I couldn't be bothered reading about it, so I'm glad you did. So I don't blame you. It's fucking insane. It's mental stuff. Anyway, you got any more shit? Uh, no, I'm going to Twitter now. So Alistair Quinn gets in touch. He says, this could have been a player spotted, Alistair, actually. He says, shit is me well, being stupidly drunk after taking advantage of the hospitality and falling over, trying to get a selfie with Chris Robshaw on Friday night. Hashtag twat. <laughs> I'm assuming you're referring to yourself there, uh, Alistair. Yeah. Or are you telling it's us something about Chris say, Robshaw? Say what you like about Chris Robshaw. He doesn't come across he, as that, does he? Yeah, I mean, he, he, he seems like an incredibly nice... Do lad. you remember when England won the Grand Slam, Josh? Do you remember? Do you remember yeah, that time when England remember. won the Grand Slam that year? 2016 it was. Do you yeah. remember it? Well, anyway, do you remember... When Haskell and Robshaw both had those six and six point five t-shirts made, yeah, one of the worst banter. things that's ever happened in rugby. And you could see the, the the kind of sorrow and hate in Chris Robshaw's eyes behind his smile, because it was like this is obviously fucking not my idea, mm. but I'm being roped it, it, in. Yeah, he's he's like I'm being I'm gamely going along with this. But that was the one when Haskell me. famously said, "There you go, Grand Slam winner, stick that in your shit." 
blogs and websites. Yeah, Do you remember? it was the first The first thing he thought about was you. You've just won a Grand Slam and you're thinking about me and that bloke who does that Brand Hask website, probably. You, yeah. That's the first thing you want to show. Yeah, honestly. What a lad. Uh, uh, yeah. And that's why it's that petty shit, which means... It's I can never we, quite get on board with the new nice guy warm, media yeah, guy. We can't, we can't warm to it. It's hard, isn't it, when you're that petty. Um, shit for me, discipline in Reds versus Sunwolves at the weekend. Mm-hmm. Didn't because see it. Always, always card-happy Angus Gardner dished out two Reds and four Yellows. Uh, four Yellows You've and broken red. very, very specific rules <laughs> that I'm going to <laughs> well, explain to you now. To be f- to be fair to him, it was basically just like the Sunwolves would not stop being offside. And he was just like, guys, come on. And so, yeah, they had four yellows and a red, and the reds got a red. So at one point, there was a 12. The Sunwolves were playing with 12, and the reds were playing with 14. And honestly, I, you've got to quite admire the spirit, the absolute spirit of just fuck it. I say. Permeated more... the Sunwolves now. Like, they're just like, Whatever, we're not going to exist in a year or so, so just fuck it, don't care, mate. More pandemonium, I say. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I love chaos like that. Let's have a bit I more want... pandemonium in rugby. That's what we need. Completely agree. Uh, what else have we got? Is shit. Graham Love gets in touch on Twitter. He says, shit, was Benetton leaving 20 points out there in the second half? Three bomb tries and drop goals, yeah. He also said, shit, is touch judge asking a human, <laughs> acting as a human sock puppet for Mon- Monster? <laughs> yes. Yes, well, I think we've gone there. Haven't yeah, we? we've we've done that one. Thank you, Graham. Owen Hayes gets in touch. Owen Hayes, he says, "Good shit." Is Munster have sunk so low in attack that Rob Howley is mooted as the answer? <laughs> the thing is, nobody talking hey. about Howley much anymore, do they? Because Wales are winning, but yeah, they're still but not. Still they're not still attack- not exactly crafting, you know, rugby chaos, Scot- are they? We're not Scotland, are we? Yeah. This maybe the maybe what happened in the Sunwolves and Reds game is what Howley meant by rugby chaos. I still think he's baffled any time Wales score a try because then he pans through yeah. in the box. Oh. He's, he's still like, oh well. Yeah, and he takes a sip of his Pepsi Max. Yeah, well, actually, me... just full fat Pepsi. Full sorry. fat Coke. Full fat Coke yeah. always. Full oh, fat Coke remember, and jelly sweets. Do you remember when they in the Lions tour when they only had Pepsi? Oh, and he was fuming. You could, tell he, you could tell he was angry. You he could, was sitting there sipping his tiny little bottle of Pepsi. He was very angry. I think it. every time Wales scores a try, he makes a note of it and goes, like, no, let's remember how they did that. And I'll yeah. see, if they can, see if I can reproduce it in training. Have to watch that. Yeah. Hugo Gordon. And then the players, and the players go, no, 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 Rob. We just put our heads up and we played the situation in front of us. He's like, no, we can recreate this. <laughs> mm, yes, but where were you stood? We don't know. We can't remember. Well, you must remember. Because yeah. if so you, you don't, I'm here. not going to. I've looked at the analysis, and you were stood here, you were stood here, you were stood there. Now do that every time, but, but Rob. <laughs> but what if the opposition has stood there, Rob? <laughs> oh, okay, um, do it anyway. Um, well, oh. stick to your system. Stick <laughs> to your system. <laughs> just the system. Just everyone have five minutes for you. I'll try and work this out again. <laughs> uh, what else we got? Is shit. Hugo Gordon gets in touch, echoing our discussion from before saying Paddy Jackson being signed by London Irish is shit and in the process announcing to the world they value a player's rugby skills or the whether or not they're a likely rapist. Let me just make the point that he's not a convicted rapist and he's completely innocent of being a rapist. However, I see yes. what point you're making. Yeah. Shall we move on to good? Because I, I don't think I'm ever going to get the filth off me having, having just said that. So. Yeah, well, 
It's pretty horrible, isn't it? Uh, good. That fucking to lose try. Do you know what? When you see try sometimes and you kind of go, ah, the tackling wasn't so good there, or, or that was a lucky pass, or there's yeah. not much going on there. This had absolutely everything. everything. It was it? delightful. Every piece of skill in a rugby field. It was like a sort of sampler. It was like a tasting menu of wonderful attacking rugby. (laughs) It's it's glorious. Like, and also, like that Newcastle try, Mm. which was also porn. Like that that much level of porno rugby in one weekend is probably actually bad for your health, especially from Newcastle. (laughs) That's well, yeah, that's the thing. Like, where, where have you been keeping that for the last six weeks? But they've like, always had it, haven't they? Because of like Gonavar and Snotty and stuff. Yeah, and... but it was beautiful, beautiful rugby. And for it'll give you that five minute thing of, oh, they could do this. They scored first. They scored early. They couldn't do it. They couldn't score early. But yeah, uh, on the. And I'll, I'll, did, you, have you, did you see Alex Lewington's try against Exeter as well, by Before the way? Before you move on to that, I'll just say that Reese Knott sent that in as well. He said good was oh, Cheslin yeah. Colby's two tries at the weekend. The first yes. one was totally not safe for work and included no. Medard completely taking the piss twice, <laughs> despite the fact that he's about 57 years old now. Yeah. And the other one was just him sprinting about 80 metres. The yeah, man is just rude. I genuinely think that there is no more fun player to watch in all of fucking rugby. That team was just brilliant to watch. Yeah, they're fantastic. It's a shame. They, they I mean, play. they got Leinster, didn't they, in the semi? But I give them another year, and they could be relegated like Newcastle. For it. Yeah, it's mad stuff. Anyway, Absolutely sorry, Lewington. Stuff. Yeah, Lewington's first try gets extra, which wasn't good. It was hilarious because it was basically a clearing kick that the wind was so strong that it removed the defence from the game because they were ten yards too far back. And then another clearing kick that blew the thing so far to the left that Alex Lewington was literally just the ball bounced into his hands and he was on his own on the halfway line and nobody was anywhere near him. But then he barely made it over the line because he was running into such a strong wind that it genuinely looked like he was running in treacle. And he's a very fast man. It was just it was brilliant. You were talking about rugby chaos. That's Lovely. what I want. Pandemonium. I want the L. Want the elements absolutely fucking conspiring to make rugby look stupid. Wind-based pandemonium, I say. Absolutely. Uh, Jonathan gets in touch. He says, good, is Kenilworth RFC, I'm guessing that's in Luton, or mm. somewhere around there, winning the RFU Intermediate Cup on Sunday at Twickenham? He's, he's mentioned it. He said, because shit is, this is probably the last time a team will do it, because RFU cost-cutting means it's not being held at HQ anymore. So no. Isn't that ironic? HQ cost overruns means that grassroots rugby won't be played at HQ. <laughs> but also, this I mean, is the same with the RFU Council have decided to not cut their expenses by... Ah, uh, yeah, that's, that should go in shit, shouldn't it? Yeah, it should, no, I but found... I got a, a message before we came on air from mm. our friend from the Egg Chasers podcast, Mr. Jonathan Beardmore, saying, yes. can you mention my campaign on the pod? I was like, oh God, what's this? Hashtag JB2020... He's trying to get oh, himself God. elected onto the RFU council. Honestly, that so, will be very, very funny if that happens. Because apparently there's some lads that. in the northwest who've been standing unopposed every year for 14 years, and you're not supposed to be on it for more than nine years. And you know that JB, he can sniff out, you know, something wrong that he wants to fix. So yes, there and, you go, Jay. If you're listening, man, I did say I would mention yeah. it. 
JB, you are a man of rare determination. Yeah, oh, I focus. fully expect you to be like, chief blazer in chief within within honestly, fifteen. Months, I would be probably. so entertained by RFU board member JB just going in and just wrecking everything <laughs> and just setting them all to rights. That would be so. Yeah, yeah. hashtag JB twenty twenty. He's the Alex, Alexandra Ocasio Cortez for middle class <laughs> lads from England. Yeah, good luck, JB. More power to you. Uh, what else is is good? Uh, Ilyes. Uh, well, no, I I've said this one. Uh, Rotuva, the Benetton winger. Mm, Oof, very good. Fucking handful. Magnificent. Oh, just horrible. I date you. Date to play against. Oh, can him. you imagine? Oh fuck, he's got yeah. the ball again. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Um. Good for me, and I won't often say this, uh, Luther Burrell, specifically the look on his face as he scored, like, what, two minutes into his final appearance yeah. at Franklin's Garden. Like, he just looked so yeah. delighted and so he plays, surprised. He, he suddenly started playing better now he's put a cap on. Yeah, it's is weird. Is that the way forward it? now, is it? Is that... Yeah, I guess so. Off to Warrington but, uh, now. Off to Warrington off the, in, just, in the rugby was, league. It was a nice moment for a player. You, you know, he, he might not have been the best player for England, but he had his moment, and he's been a really good servant to Northampton. So he had his all... moment until Eddie Jones came in and just went, you're fucking shit, mate. What are you doing here? That was literally what he said. Uh, but, uh, yeah. What have we got? My children are shouting in the background. I think it's something football-related. I believe Liverpool have uh, done yes, a big comeback. Uh, Liverpool, Liverpool have beaten Barcelona 4-0. Uh, <laughs> spoilers. <laughs> Oh. Which is fucking. I can't stand Liverpool, but that is funny. You know what uh, I mean. You know, good for me. I've got good friends, with Liverpool fans, right? Liverpool fans, when they win, are intolerable. Absolutely awful. I'm working from home tomorrow because I'm in. <laughs> can't stand fan. it. Yeah, oh, I just cannot stand it. And if they win the Champions League, I'm just going to take a week off. Anyway, more good. Moving on. Uh, mm. What else have we got? That's good here. James Franklin gets in touch. He says, "Good is a steward in the shed helping a bloke carry his and his mates' pints." even went into the shed to find the said mate and provide a door-to-door pint service. Cracking. You just don't get that service. You just don't get it, do you? Obviously, the reason why it's good to like Gloucester. You know, the tragedy comedy and the pint, door-to-door pint service is the way forward. I mean, really interesting to see what kind of tragedy comedy Gloucester season is going to end with. Because, I mean, obviously, they're not getting to the Premiership final. But it'll be interesting to see what kind of awful calamity will befall them on the way to... Some kind of heartbreak will befall them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Final good for me, as much as I fucking went on about that Treviso, uh, the penalty uh, against Treviso earlier, JJ Hanrahan. Fair play, mate. Balls like fucking walls. Uh, (laughs) To bang it over from there, you, you... yeah, gutsy as a motherfucker. Patricia, who's a Monster fan and listener, did get in touch and said, she said good was JJ Hanlon's 50-metre penalty. I know oh. Stander wasn't supporting his weight, but it's not his or Monster's fault they got that penalty. And it no. was still a brilliant strike. No, they got away with it, Patricia, you're right. And it was, it was. The, I thought, to be honest, he's never fucking getting this. Anyway. No way. And I was about to celebrate and be very, very happy. And it didn't happen. Yeah. It was it was one of those things where it was just like, well, okay, it was a bad decision, but surely. And then fair play, yeah. You Tom, get an opportunity, you fucking take it. Tom Dare gets in touch. He said, good is Chris Boyd. The improvement he's led Saints to making in one season have been more dramatic than the first two series of Line of Duty. Oh, Line of Duty, eh? Those coppers doing things to other coppers. 
Probably. I haven't stuff. watched any of Coppers, it. Coppers, eh? Really like, yeah. Line of duty. Um, he's even got Tom Wood looking imperious and dynamic. An absolute miracle worker. Yeah, that is quite something, isn't it? <laughs> Adam? Uh, yeah, honestly, what Chris Boyd's done at, at Saints in a year. It's it shows like, what he's a difficult second album of a season now, isn't he? But uh, we'll see yeah. what happens. Yeah. Adam Cooper gets in touch. He said, good was Austin Healy promising to quit commentating when Bath's wonder try was disallowed for a forward pass. Yeah. He said, but shit was Austin Healy continued to commentate afterwards. <laughs> yeah. A friend of the pod, Adam Reese gets in touch and he sent a picture and said, good was the size of Johnny McNichols' hands. It's him holding an award. Old. His thumbs look like so... something you'd knock up in design technology lessons, says Adam. Yeah, his hands are absolute. I- I'm beginning to think, He's got very Either big hands. Or he's got really long arms and he was they were so I mean, they were I much closer to the camera than his body was. I think it's a little bit of both, to be honest. Yeah. He, he didn't he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't look like they're feasible hands for a man that size, you know. Butty Bagger gets in touch. He says good is James Haskell's career. A Marmite character, but an incredible player and professional. I don't use an incredible player, I'll pull you up on that. Decent player. Incredible professional, I'll give him that. Throughout all of his media nonsense, he kept working. The standout is that pretty much all on the Lions tour thought they'd dislike him and everybody said the contrary by the end of it. It was quite obvious in the Lions tour how much he was fucking loving being there because I don't think he ever thought it would ever happen. Yeah, fair play to it. And yeah, it was... And that's all I'm going to say about it. Yeah, end of. Linda Mason gets in touch. Friend of the pod, Linda Mason now, because she came to the gathering and we met her. She said, good was Aaron, Ray- Aaron Wainwright getting a hat-trick of awards from the Dragons on Friday night. Yeah, he's had quite a season, hasn't he? And, mm. and a remarkable sort of out-of-nowhere season as well. I don't think anybody, probably to be honest with you, not even him. No. Probably looked at that and thought, yeah, you know, that's going to happen. Talented lad. Yeah. Steve Parrott gets in touch and says, good is the home send-off for Bosch and Berger at Saracens versus Chiefs. Yeah, Indeed. Bosch in particular, beautiful feathered hair. Love, oh, beautiful hair. Looks feathered like straight out, of, straight out of the nineteen eighties. That magnificent. He yeah. can spend so much more time now doing the late night punditry nobody else wants to do at Argentina <laughs> games. Can't he? Oh, bless him. Uh, uh, he said yeah. Steve also said that shit was a result in Saracens versus Exeter. Slight bias there. He does that because he works for for Exeter, so he would say that. Shit, shit, to be honest, is just the fact that that game was played. Like, I know that they there was no way to fucking... It's nobody's fault. Mm. But it's shit that, that 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 game was played then when it had absolutely zero meaning for either team involved. And so we got Exeter's thirds versus oh, Saracen's yeah. seconds. Ridiculous, really. It was That's just pointless. I if I was used to, I wouldn't worry about the result because you look at that Exeter team. There's absolutely no bearing on anything that's going to happen for the yeah. rest of the season. Uh, Phil Jones gets in touch he says good is the Tigers signing Lavanini god I can't yeah. wait for that I'm glad they're not relegated so a, we, can, we can see that every gonna week he's going to be such a shit house, isn't he he is uh, he said shit though Phil says because of that shit is despite having no new Tigers shirt next year till we ditch the Cookery deal I'm now going to have to buy one anyway with Lavanini uh-huh. on the back well you've got to do what you've got to do you've got to do it uh, and on that bombshell unless you've got anything else no I am done Thank you very much, everybody, for listening once again. Indeed. Apologies for being a day late, but bank holiday and you know, all that. I was, you know, we had stuff going on. Yeah, we had a bank holiday. You know, we got to take holiday. a day off, haven't we? I know entertainment, you know, meant to carry on, but 
this is an entertainment as you've yeah you're found used to it so. happening on your tuesday mornings just think of this you know this wednesday is your tuesday this morning, week's now, isn't it? wednesday is your, this week's tuesday and then you'll go oh no it's not tuesday it's wednesday and you'll be all happy because you realize it's exactly. wednesday not tuesday exactly see you all soon <laughs> that's what a, a way that's to a finish eh? it's a bit metaphysical isn't it isn't it yeah. speak to you all, all soon right. folks ta-da see ya You might hear the word insolvency and think companies, but insolvency is just another term to describe serious financial problems for anyone. You could be insolvent if you can't pay your bills in full when they're due, you're paying a little off each bill trying to keep creditors at bay, or you've had calls and letters about missed repayments and threats of repossession. The Insolvency Service of Ireland, or ISI, has four debt solutions to help people with all levels of problem debt, from credit cards to mortgages. For more information, visit backontrack.ie or free text get help to 50015. The ISI. Together, we'll get you back on track. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.